Welcome to the Life in 20 podcast, where you will learn something from everyone you meet in 20 action-packed minutes. Now, let's get lit with your hosts, Paul, Carson, and McCoy LeBlanc. Katie Fleming, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Uh, Great. I appreciate you, you joining us. Looking forward to our discussion. So let's dive right in. Kids. Dental hygiene professor at Shoreline Community College. What does Katie do? She teaches people about teeth. Yeah. All right. All right. That's my best guess. Katie, there's the uh, summary version of what we think or what they think your profession is. Why don't you kind of tell us, give us a little bit uh, of your background, where you come from, why you're in this industry. Fill us in on what, what all this is. Bring us up to date. Yeah, so my name is Katie Fleming. I am a dental hygienist. I graduated from Clark College in 1996. So I've been doing this for, I think, 26 years now. I started working as a dental hygiene professor in, I think, like five. I started off doing that part-time and I was still working like as a dental hygienist in, an, in a dental office part-time. But I did really like the variety that teaching brought me to that, my career. And it was a really favorable schedule when I started having kids. And you think about like working in a dental office, you're normally there about eight to five, maybe even six. By the time you get home, you're kind of starting your day late with your family. So in teaching, I only have one late day and I'm home by about 2.30 or 3 every other day of the week. So I really enjoy both. I feel like I've chose a career that fit me well. And so I'm happy with it. All right. So I got to ask you, what makes somebody interested in teeth care as a profession? Yeah, I, I think I've kind of had a, an obsession with teeth all my life. But I had a really cool orthodontist. And where I grew up in Kessel Rock, Washington, there were no orthodontists in the area. So I actually had to go to Portland for all of my visits. So it was an entire day trip. I would normally go in in the morning, be there for an hour or so. And then sometimes they would like make my appliances and I would go back that afternoon. So we didn't have to, it was about an hour and a half drive one way for my mom to get me there each time I had an appointment. Wow. So I ended up hanging out in the office with my dentist a lot. And I was always really interested in the equipment that was there and like, how easy it seemed for like him and his assistants and hygienists to use it. So I started asking a lot of questions about like, well, how did you get into this field? So I decided I wanted to be an dental assistant because my orthodontist didn't have a dental hygienist. So I thought that those were kind of like my two choices. I think I was in like fifth grade. And he was like, no, you need to be a hygienist. And I was like, okay. And he gave me a really brief description of what the differences were. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I just stayed super focused on it all the way through middle school. And then we went to some job fairs where you could start filling out like questionnaires to kind of like show like, what are your interests? Like what kind of careers would maybe fit you well? And healthcare tended to be one for me. So I just never changed my mind. I just decided in high school that that was going to be what I did. And I just told myself that if I got into it and I decided I didn't like it, that I was going to make pretty good money and I could just decide to do a career change at some other point in my life. I think that's pretty rare to to know what you want to do that early. That's awesome. Yeah, I think so too. Um, 
Honestly, I think I probably could have been happy with a different type of career, but I really like the one that I'm in and I've never really found a reason to career shift completely out of it. Now I got to ask, we know you obviously, but these Bolivia trips, right? In your profession, how, how, how does that come about? And are you just trying to avoid Ryan at home? Uh, You could be honest here. This, This won't go nowhere. Yeah. So working at Sherman Community College, we have an affiliation with Smiles Forever. Smiles Forever is the one and only dental hygiene school in all of South America. So a friend of mine started the school. She started as a humanitarian trip and realized that there was a lot of need. So she started a school and we later connected with her to see if we could do like an affiliation with our college and get students down there to start seeing hands-on like what it's like to maybe live and work in severe poverty like the people in Bolivia experience. So I honestly was most interested in taking lead of that study abroad trip initially because I've always wanted to travel and I thought, well, I've never been to South America and maybe I can do this and it'll be a way to kind of explore a new part of the world that I have never been to. The thing I found out after I got there is that I have a way bigger passion for volunteering and like the rewarding feeling that you get when you work hard, but you're also helping somebody else. So that was something that really pushed me to continue. So I've done the trip five times. We were terminated because of COVID and travel restrictions, but I've just been recontacted by the City Abroad team at Shoreline, and we're going to start doing our trips again in the summer of 2024. So well. Cool. Really kind of- I, I was like your Bo- yeah. Bolivia story, so can't wait to see it. Yeah. All right. So, kids, Carson, why don't you start us out? For you, who do you think has been the biggest influence in your life? I think my parents. If I had to choose one or the other, I would say my mom. And that's because um, my dad passed when I was in high school. So I've lived a big portion of my life without him. Um, but my mom's always been... Um, extremely supportive of me, kind of like I feel a lot of the times, like whatever I want to do, she's going to make sure that she encourages me and gives me the support I need to do it. And I, I think that might be a rare thing sometimes. I don't feel very judged by her. I think that she tries to give me like really good advice, but she's really not judgmental either. I feel like she's much more supportive than from a judgmental standpoint. So for me, I would say my mom. And I think from there, my grandma, my mom's mom, was the example that my mom came from. And that's who I hope I'm shadowing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. McCoy. So my question is for your industry as a dental hygienist, what is your starting salary? Or what's the starting salary just for any dental hygienist? Dental hygiene has a very linear linear salary. So normally the salary you make when you graduate from high school is very similar to the salaries that people who have been in the industry for, you know, maybe 10, 20 years are making. So there's really not a really big spread there. But also once you start in that, at that salary, there's not always a lot of movement for growth to increase your wages. So things that I have learned over the years, because when I graduated from dental hygiene school in 1996, I think I was making $43 an hour. And I um, kind of felt like I had won the lottery because before I wow. thought I was like Subway. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Katie, out of anybody that we've interviewed, has like the highest salary in the 90s. So yeah. wow. 
every, everybody mostly hops on from the 90s. It's like, you know, $14 an hour, you know? Yeah, I went from minimum wage to like 43, like that, wow. you know, I graduated from college and there it was. So I really felt like I had like just hit the jackpot financially. But I can promise you that you can spend it all. And I did it. And <laughs> I put myself in a pretty nice debt because I started relying on credit cards because I didn't want to slow down my spending habits. Then I finally realized that that's not a very good idea. So that was a big learning lesson for me. And learning how to like, I knew how to live on a budget when I was in college. But once I got that first job working full time, I kind of went away from that budget. And I learned pretty quickly that it wasn't a great idea. And it is hard to pay off credit debt when you have an interest attached to it. Ah, good lesson in there. Yeah. Well, you want to have sure. a follow up and we'll work our way back this way? Was I another question? Sure. Oh, okay. So my starting salary in 96 was 43. And that was in the Vancouver, Portland area. Currently, I think hygienists make between like 47 to 53. I would say that's like an average hourly in that area. In the Seattle area, currently, the average wage for a hygienist is between 65 and 75 with full mm -hmm. benefit. Wow. So wow. the dental hygiene is not a unionized profession. And so what tends to happen is dentists in the area have a pretty good idea of like what each other is paying. And they it's hard sometimes to get a wage increase because if you move down the road to the next office, you're probably going to get paid the same amount. So the dentists definitely have a lot of communication within themselves. What's driven the way wages up in the Seattle area compared to someplace like Vancouver, Washington in the same state is we have a shortage right now. So dentists are advertising for more and more money and getting people to leave one office to go to the next because we've got a little bit of a shortage going. So it's kind of an interesting time right now. Students will have a job before they graduate every year. How much of your schooling, I know you you spend a lot of time in school. Congratulations on recently getting your master's, by the mm -hmm. way. Talk to us about the difference that that made in either opportunities in this industry or just a different pay scale. We've heard about this in the teacher profession as well. Tell us about how, how, how that goes in your industry. Yeah. So as a dental hygienist, when you graduate from an accredited program, you take your state licensing exams and now you have your dental hygiene license and you can practice dental hygiene in that state. Doing something beyond that, like if you, so other professions that tend to fall under that umbrella of dental hygiene is like marketing, research, teaching. So, so for example, if you wanted to go into teaching from dental hygiene, you have to bridge the gap a little bit because you go to school and you take like hard science classes and you don't get any background on like how to be an educator. But if you have five years of um, experience in the field, you can, and you have a degree higher than what the students have that you're going to teach. So if, for example, at Shoreline Community College, my students earn an associate's degree, so I have to have a bachelor's degree. We're in the process of changing that. So our students should start earning a bachelor's degree in 2024, which means I had to have a master's degree to continue teaching in my job. Um, so that is one of the things that getting that advanced degree will give you. But your teaching degree, if you have a bachelor's, it doesn't have to be in dental hygiene or education. It can be a master's or a bachelor's degree in any profession, in any degree. So we oftentimes have students who like have a psychology degree, for example, or like maybe a biology degree, 
or a sociology degree or something like that. And then they go back to school to be a hygienist. Well, now they qualify after five years of experience to be an educator. They don't have any official training in how to teach. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting path that you can take to get into that profession. Marketing jobs are more like working for a dental company, like maybe Sonicare needs like a local rep. And they'll oftentimes hire a hygienist because they have the background knowledge of the toothbrush and they can go into offices and market that way. Research is also available, like doing studies on like different products and how effective they might be in like helping improve oral hygiene, something like that. Got it. Yeah. Carson. Uh, if you could go back, what do you think you would say to your 17-year-old self? I think I would I think I would tell myself to invest differently. I think I I think that was a big mistake that I made. I came out of hygiene school in debt um for my um student loans. I can't remember how much and I think the minimum payment was around 200 bucks a month and I think it took me like 6 or 7 years to pay it off. But it's also a low interest. And I feel like that was like the kind of debt that you should be okay with. But the kind of debt I don't think I should have been okay with was for sure my credit debt because I made some, I was spending beyond my means and I didn't want to slow down. I was really yeah. happy with being out of school. I really <laughs> like went nuts on that. So that did take me some time to dig out of that hole. But the first thing I did was buy a Jeep Wrangler. Like that was my dream car Some from the time I was probably like four. And I mean, I bought that the week before, maybe three weeks before I graduated. And I loved it. But the payments were 409 a month. <laughs> wow. And I feel like that was a pretty big chunk of change to spend when you were like 21 on a vehicle and you don't have a house. <laughs> no, those are the things that I would have done differently. I would have backed myself up and I would have taken some of the advice that I did get from some people and tried to buy a house at a much younger age or at least invest in real estate. Yeah. So I do think that that, but also I would have definitely budgeted myself different and I would have learned to say no to more things because so, you can spend all your money. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. So I want to <clears throat> just touch on that one uh, just a little bit more because you guys are close to that age, right? Where you're going to have your own money through your jobs. And so you get that independence. You might even be living on your own. So you feel like that next step is, well, I need a car or I need these things. But really think about what you really need to get by because to Katie's point, that can put you so far behind the curve by starting out that fast with debt. Versus do what you need to get by, save, 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 invest, invest, right? We talked about it before on the podcast about investing early, investing right now as you're 18, as <clears throat> soon as you can, much better use of the money than buying a, a Jeep that costs you 400 bucks a month, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, hey, I know, we only got a mi- I, only, I know we only got a minute left. I just want to make sure the kids don't have anything else you okay. want to get out to Katie yeah. right now. Koi, anything? I was going to ask about, do you have any plans on retiring or like what age you hope to retire at or just anything? Yeah, I mean, the age, the number is hard for me because I guess I'm not exactly sure where I am financially enough to say like that exact number. But I do feel like we've made some really smart choices from a young age as far as like investing into our retirement goes. So we both like we have pensions. We have our retirements, our 401ks. 
And we do have a financial advisor who we use to re- to like get ideas from. So I feel like we're doing well with that. However, when you ask a question like what age, I don't really know for sure. So yeah, yeah. so that's a little bit of a, a gray answer. But I cr- I can see myself staying in the career that I'm currently in long term. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I made a good choice in that. In my career. Carson, any final questions? We're going to run a little over because we, we got a little late start. Do you have anything else for Katie? I'm good. Katie, okay. superpower. What's your superpower? Oh, gosh. I think it's like being the calm in someone else's storm. I feel like that's my superpower. I feel like when it feels like things are crumbling and people are kind of having a meltdown, I can tend to be that person who's like, you know what? Like, we're going to be okay. Like, we need to, like, get our heads on straight and stay that way and if we can just like do one step at a time until you feel like you're walking back out of that storm you're going to be okay and i feel like that's a strength that i have i feel like i can like put things into perspective in a way that like maintains a cool head when people are feeling a lot of pressure well i think that's a good way to end it i completely agree with that i don't think i ever seen you kind of you know frantic or unsettled so mm-hmm. yeah uh, i'll agree with that one katie we can't thank you enough Time always goes fast. You know, the the target audience here for us is, you know, Gen Z and these kids, their age group. I think there's a lot of takeaways in there for somebody that's listening. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, that's something. I think the last time I had the last thing I have to say is if somebody watches and they're interested in a career of dental hygiene, I'm more than happy to field an email and I will help direct them. Like part of my job is like career counseling. So I always try to put that out there. Like if somebody needs to contact me, they I'm more than happy to. I love I appreciate you giving that drop. I usually yeah. do ask that. I didn't know you had one coming. So what, where can they get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out? Yep. My email is kfleming at shoreline.edu. Okay. Um, you can look it up on the Shoreline website, but yeah, kfleming at shoreline.edu. Awesome. Love it, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye, Katie. Bye. That was awesome. Appreciate you hanging in to the end. If you guys found this helpful or enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. New episodes release one to two times each week, and we love to have you as a regular listener. If you learned something new, found value in the show, or key takeaways that could benefit others, please share with your network. And if you could please leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated as it helps others find the Life in 20 podcast. Okay, with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.